listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Fez, you got your seven picks ready? Oh, RJ, ready. All right. Now, how's your record? 38, 44, and two, six games below 500. How you feeling about that? You got three weeks to go. <laughs> it's doable, RJ. It's doable. <laughs> I, I got to figure after 15 weeks or so of losing, you're going to just storm to the finish line. It's moving week. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're the pros. You might say, he's a pro? He's li-. No, no. He's having an amazing year on his select games. It's just when you have to bet seven, this is a great example, guys. If you're betting seven NFO sides a week, it doesn't matter if you're Fezzik, you're going to lose. Speaking of not a pro, a Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got every single game in the NFL to preview this coming weekend, including Saturday football in the National Football League. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? Well, in a few minutes, Fez is going to start with his best bet. But first, Thursday Night Football, it was a thriller. We got a lucky win on our epiphany bet. So Thursday Night Football recap. Yeah, and Thursday night, it was a fun one. It was an AFC West battle between the Chargers and the Raiders in the backyard of straight out of Vegas, Las Vegas. Unfortunately for the home team, it was the Chargers and rookie Justin Herbert, a 30-27 to win in overtime. Yeah, so Fez, to me, and actually we got Colin Cowherd bottom of the hour with his exclusive world premiere of his pick number six, But we had an extended talk about this Raiders team. And what struck me was losing or not, and obviously losing last night, losing a a heck of a lot recently, the only win being the Jets. So to some degree, if you need a Hail Mary effectively to beat the Jets, and that's your only win in four games, you're struggling. I still think, though, outside of what's happening on the field – The fact that it's happening in Vegas and for the ownership group, uh, Mr. Davis, I think this is a situation that is massively uh, advantageous and that we talked about it two years ago, that if they could bridge and get here, nothing else really mattered. That Gruden contract, it might sound ridiculous, but it's it's penny ante stuff compared to getting an NFL team into Vegas. They're here, and I think it's nothing but a success. Now, what they do from here, winning would help, no doubt about it. But I'm not going to overreact to what happens on the field, and I talked to Colin about that at length. What's your takeaway, though, on the field? I think that the injuries just caught up to the Raiders last night. Now, what was obvious, that Carr went out, but Mariota played very well. So that's not why we saw the Raiders lose. But now, the now, injuries. Let's be, let's be clear, though. So if you look at the stats, uh, Derek Carr's been reasonably the fifth, sixth, seventh best quarterback in the league, certainly top 10. Do you think that Mariota played at that level last night? He really did, RJ. He had a QBR of like 98, so his 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 running was really effective. All right, so it's what we're saying is effectively all you could hope to get out of the quarterback is what the Raiders got. 
Exactly right. Now, the problem is the Raiders only put up 24 points in regulation. So, the team total for the Raiders going into the game was 28. So, what happened? Well, the Raiders just too compromised at wide receiver, RJ. Their number one wide receiver, Ruggs, he was out. Number two receiver, Aguilar, I had a prop bet on him. He broke his finger in the first half, and ultimately, that was my demise on my prop bet. And number three wide receiver went ahead and got concussed in the first quarter. So, Mariota, there was a reason he was running. He had Waller to throw to and virtually nobody else during this game. So, really, it sounds a lot like my Houston pick last week, but you didn't seem to have any empathy for me. You're really talking in a tone of like, Please, everybody, have sympathy for me. I'm Fezzik. I have a mansion and a yacht, but I lost a game. Please be upset for me. But when you won that Chicago game because analogous things happened to my wide receivers with Houston, where was the sympathy? Yeah, none at all. So I deserve what I got. I'll say this. Hey, they bent Aguilar's finger back into a straight line, and dude went back out there for me. He still almost got there. So I give him some credit there. But still a loser. Still a loser. And I thought we had that fourth quarter over the whole time. You know, I I have very bad news. What do you mean? We lose that bet. Well, I got paid at my what? So this must be different books doing different things. So I think different books have different rules exactly. So what did you what, what did you get? You know, I I put in a fourth quarter over and and it was a loser because nine points in overtime. Well, see that's now. Every book, when they have a halftime bet, they count the, the overtime, correct? Correct. Okay, that's fascinating. So, wow, I wonder how many people, you know, actually tweet at me at RG in Vegas if you played it, how many won, how many lost on that? Wow, that's interesting. So, Jonas, from a fan's perspective, what did you say? Well, first on that bet, I would just like to point out that's. That's not the greatest when different books have different rules for whether or not they're going to pay you out. That feels a little suspect to me. Yeah, but, you know, I agree. It's just it's always going to be in the small print. So they're going to say it like yeah. that. But 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 to me, it's like it, it should be obvious. But that that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, just because. Uh, where do you count the fourth quarter scoring? And, and and the funny thing is, since most people go, oh, I'm sorry, the overtime scoring, since most people go over with their bets, typically that's what the public does, Is uh, it's kind of interesting that a book is going to say, well, even though in theory it's extending the game and this is the end of the game, uh, you know, huh. So, Fez, had you had that situation before in the fourth quarter uh, and were you surprised you didn't get paid? This is a first time for me, RJ, so it shows you, you can be you in this you, business. You bro- hold on. You broke your fourth quarter over, Cherry? <laughs> I did. Wow. I mean, Jonas, think about it. It's like going out with Keith Richards yeah. and him saying, I never did this before. Right when you think you heard it all in 2020. Uh, I'm actually, I made, yeah, that made my month right there. <laughs> so, Jonas, otherwise, I, and, and again, I agree with you on that uh, game-wise. Um, I look at the Raiders situation, just starting with them. It's hard for me to really pile on John Gruden and call him you know, a failure as a coach and it's not working, so on and so forth, when it's so obvious that defensively they're a disaster. I mean, they're just a disaster. And maybe he can take some responsibility for that, but they fired their defensive coordinator. Um, there's been talks. It was a short week, as you guys pointed out. Usually a team rebounds you know, and, and tries to you know, get up for a game, but it was a short week 
week for for Las Vegas. And then you've got Wade Phillips, who's thrown his name out there as a potential candidate for the defensive coordinator job. So until they get a defense, I, I don't know how we assess the Raiders. And I agree with you, though. It's been a success. They've gotten to Vegas. The stadium is beautiful. Um, you guys have talked about how much they've really taken over the town. My brother's been to Vegas. He said he walks through a casino, and there's Las Vegas Raiders stuff everywhere. So from that standpoint, they're in good shape. For the Chargers, they've got their quarterback of the future. He was fantastic again last night. Now I'm just curious to see what they do at the head coaching position because that feels like a pretty desirable job right now. Well, two straight wins were straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. Fez, do you feel like – I guess I'll ask this in two ways. Way number one, do you think – maybe reconsider with Anthony Lynn legitimately by merit or and second question is do you think the Chargers who from all accounts really are personal fans of Anthony Lynn that they are very fond of him the ownership group with the Chargers do you think he maybe retains his job no and the reason being is that the Chargers. Because you are lost just, your prop bet. <laughs> exactly, I'm vindictive over here. And the the bottom line is, this is a team that's just not buttoned up. If you look at the mistakes they've made on special teams this year, it is just a fireable offense. And we cannot keep a coach that struggles with game management and struggles with special teams. So many holes in his game, we can't keep him. Who's we? C- collectively, um. the universal football fan? <laughs> Fez? The disgruntled betters of the world cannot keep Anthony Lynn. <laughs> well, thank God they don't get to decide things. <laughs> I'm straight out of Vegas. I got a feeling he might keep his job. Because, remember, when you ha- hire someone and then you fire them, it's an indictment of yourself. And... It's easier when you come in. You notice people will clean house when it wasn't their hire. Because if anything, it's the opposite there. If they stay and do well, you don't even get full credit. It feels like if he – so two more games left. If they win one of the two and finish three out of four, I think he keeps his job. I really do. All right. Um. Let's Yeah, let's do it. Let's get Fez's best bet. Jonas, you do the professional announcement for his best bet. All right, so he's a man who has struggled in his pick seven games throughout the course of the season, but he's making a little bit of a comeback. But it is an early best bet from Steve Fezzik. We do it to start off the show every single Friday. We bookend him with best bets. The first best bet from Steve Fezzik is... Denver Broncos plus five and a half, hosting the Bills This is a horrible spot for the Buffalo Bills. They just came off a satisfying Monday night football win against Pittsburgh, where they caught the Steelers in a huge fatigue spot. Well, now it's the Bills that are going to be fatigued. They got a wheel back off Monday night. Now they have to play Saturday afternoon, day game. Plus, Buffalo has to fly across the country to Denver. And think about this. You got a short week, you got a fatigue team, and they got to play in the altitude of Denver as well. The situational disadvantages are so huge for Buffalo. That's my reason for my handicap. I am on Denver plus five and a half. You know what Fez is like, Jonas? <laughs> He's like, imagine if you had a speech written at the Oscars and you were making a comment about a actor's long hair. Let's say he had long, long hair. 
But then the day of the Oscars, he shows up with like a buzz cut and you don't know what to do. So somehow you just keep reading your note cards and you say, and with his long locks flowing in the wind and like they, they cut over to him, he's got a buzz cut. There's something about this game that Fez was right about uh, on Wednesday, let's say, 48 hours later, he's playing wrong. But I want to shake him a little bit because he's got his. Remember, I'm betting against him on these seven picks. We got a big bet on this. <laughs> I'm trying to shake him. So let's take our first break. When we come back, he's got a few minutes to worry. I'm going to explain why that's not only not a best bet he just gave, he probably wants to look at the other side. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, our first best bet of the day went to Steve Fezzik, a tradition here every Friday on Straight Out of Vegas, and it was the Denver Broncos getting five and a half points at home as they host the Buffalo Bills coming up on Saturday. All right, Fez, you want to crack yourself? Well, the concern is the Denver cluster <laughs> injuries at cornerback. Denver's down five cornerbacks. I how, how many? How many? Five. How many, quarter, how, how many cornerbacks are on a team? They've got three healthy guys playing. Now, I did look these guys up on Pro Football Focus. Two of the three are rated fairly good. But I mean, obviously, Steve, major... you're, you're in La La Land. <laughs> you are in La La Land. How many snaps have these guys had? I don't have their snaps on me. Okay. So, like, literally, like, do you ever see the movie Lucas? Remember Lucas I, played, like, one play? If they, yeah. if they graded Pro Football Focus, you know, Lucas has a 100, you know? No, no. This is what we know about these cornerbacks. Literally, Jonas, check this out. There's three left on the roster. One of them was signed last week off the street. He was selling used cars. I don't know about that, but he was off the street. Number two is a rookie. And number three is a player the Broncos already cut this year. So it's a rookie and two people that literally the Broncos didn't want, but now they got to take. It's almost like you have four slots in like a condo you rented at Myrtle Beach and like two people – bail out at the last minute and you got to call like a couple people you don't really even like, like people you rejected before. These are rejects literally not as people, but as football players and a rookie. So two rejects and a rookie. And that's your, that's not the, the, the backup quarterback. That's the starters against maybe the third, fourth best quarterback in the NFL. Fez, the buzz cut happened, buddy. So I guess in Ojemudia, Bosby, and Hairston, I trust erroneously, RJ. We'll see. <laughs> I thought you were speaking Latin for a minute. <laughs> but, but all joking aside, because it's one of your seven picks, but upon reflection, you've got to lose confidence, right? Obviously, that's a major concern, but I go back to, you know, we've got our Thursday night trend. When a team has to travel across the country on a short week, traveling more than 850 miles, that has been such a dynamite trend. And this is, obviously, it's not a Thursday game, but the similarity is there in terms of the short week for Buffalo well, hold having on a to second. do with the travel. It, hold on a second. It was a Sunday night game, right? Monday night. No. The Buffalo pit. last played. Sunday but, night. Uh, Sunday night, yeah. Steve. It was remember yes, I'm sorry. Monday night was Mayfield yes. and Baltimore. Okay. Yes. So 
when it's it's <laughs> so there's one now do you want to reconsider your bat now no i'm going to stick with it okay but uh, obviously you bring up you do major realize concerns. it's the denver broncos that you're i mean it's it's not like you know john elway's retired at this point they played very well the last two weeks against Kansas City and Carolina. I, you know what's funny? I actually like this if it wasn't for the cornerbacks. If you actually look at it, and we'll get into our rundown here, if you actually look at it, the last three games, if you look at Locke's QBR that he played, and this got obscured because of the game he didn't play, you know, the COVID game where all the quarterbacks were out, his QBR would be the fourth best in the NFL if it was the season the last three games. His prior seven games, worse than the NFL. So, first seven games, Locke was the worst quarterback in the NFL. He had a 33 QBR average. Last three, 87, which would be fourth. So, I agreed. If And, and I would say this, Steve. If you do like Denver here, I think you got to like it with the over. I don't, I don't think they're shutting down Buffalo. You just got to assume Locke has a good game. I agree with that. So you, you like that correlation? I do. All right, so Jonas. Over, for, over oh, 49. Over 49. And typically you like the underdog. You don't like the over with it. I think, you know, that's just general best practice. I do think this is an exception. All right, let's do a rundown. All right, so here we go, RJ. And it's the other game we're going to start with on Saturday between the Panthers and the Packers at Lambeau Field. And right now on pregame.com, Green Bay is a nine-point favorite. So Green Bay right now is in position if they went out to be the number one seed. The question is, is that motivation stronger or is the Aaron Rodgers, you know, typical when things are looking good, that California cool gets a little too lackadaisical. If you give me the answer to that question, I'm playing the game on it. If I know Aaron Rodgers is focused, I want Green Bay. If I know he's not, I want Carolina. I don't know if he is or not. To the AFC South we go. We're right now on pregame.com. The Colts on Sunday are a seven-point favorite hosting the Texans. Now, this is another tale of two perspectives. On one hand, you could say it wasn't just a week or two ago, two weeks ago, that Houston was at the goal line. If they could just get in from there, which they were favorites to do. Fez, what do you think the when Houston fumbled on that play, the play right before that snap, what do you think the odds were they get in the end zone? Seventy-seven percent. The announcers even suggested that they should let them score. It was that likely. Now that's a great little tidbit there. It was so likely Houston would score and take the lead at Indianapolis. Or I'm sorry, check that. That was at home, but it was against this very same Colts team. That it was a situation where they think let the guy let him score, so you have some chance, some time left. Now they fumbled. Is that a good sign that the public just doesn't care that it was so close and think the Colts beat them, they covered, and then oh gosh, did you see Houston last week? Or the other perspective is they almost beat them, and now they're getting more points. It's even a more juicy spot. I tell you this, I would lean away from Houston. And the reason is, I thought Chicago last week, that game, was a barn burner, blockbuster spot for them. Where Because there was real disdain by Deshaun Watson for the Bears taking Trubisky. Remember, that was the same draft. So he was really motivated. 
they got beat badly, and he was very disgruntled after the game. I know he's got some receivers back, but I just question with nothing to play for how hard they play, so I'm passing the game. Another team in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, find themselves 11-point favorites hosting the Lions. Tennessee won big as a big favorite last week. Typically, that second time around, it's like, yeah, coach told us we had to be focused. Coach told us these are NFL teams, but we beat them easy. And my sense is this is a letdown spot. If you believe the team is still playing for the interim coach with Detroit, I think there's uh, – I'm probably not going to bet it, but this is close to a bet for me on the lines because I think we got motivation, and I think Tennessee is going to be a little lax having just one as a big favorite last week. The winless Jets are on the West Coast yet again, this time at the Rams. And right now on pregame.com, L.A. is a 17.5-point favorite. When you play a big underdog, you're not playing that underdog because you think the underdog's underrated. Maybe you do, but it doesn't really matter. What really matters is, is the favorite motivated? Because if the favorite has reason to get margin then they're going to get margin most of the time. And when you see big favorites in the playoffs, that's a perfect example. It's like, wow, they're big favorites in the playoffs, and they cover at a high rate NFL teams. In the regular season, motivation is hit or miss. The Rams have had a really tough season of games. There's been a lot of tough ones. I think they are workmanlike here, but I don't think they have any great desire for margin. So as much as I hate to say it, I would have a strong lean to the Jets. And I am on the Jets as well. Look at the Rams' next two games at Seattle, Arizona. This is the game the Rams just coast to victory like the Jets. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers find themselves six-point favorites on the road at the Atlanta Falcons. I like Atlanta here. And... I think motivation is the issue again. You got Morris, and my sense is these players like him, and they want to retain him as a coach. This is a former head coach for Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay Bucks. So, I mean, this guy's pedigreed. He is, uh, he's got the qualifications, I guess you'd say, for the job. And that, none of that really matters, though. What matters is the team wants him. I think they play hard. They're playing against Brady. That's another reason to play hard. And I think Atlanta looks a little bad because they've played twice against the Saints. And even though the Saints had a rare letdown last week, the Saints are good. And their defense is good. And their defense has Atlanta's number. So if you just look at those games, you could get, I think, deceived. I think Atlanta's still playing hard. And this line's just inflated. It's the Tom Brady tax. Anyone betting this has to have uh, almost like some type of abnormal love of Tom Brady. And I'm on Tampa Bay. Frankly, this is a bet <laughs> against the Atlanta offense. So Julio Jones is out. Matt Ryan. When's, been pretty when's much- Julio Jones ever in? <laughs> Fair enough. So Julio has missed four games, RJ. In those four games, Matt Ryan's averaging two yards less per pass play. That's a big deal. I'm on Tampa Bay. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Tom Brady's former team, the New England Patriots, are at the Dolphins right now, Miami, a one and a half point favorite on pregame.com. This would be my second best bet. I'll have a best bet at the end of the show. 
In a little bit, we're going to have Collins pick number six, world premiere. This would be my B-bat, and that's under in this game. Under 41 and a half. 41 is a key number, so make sure you get, if you play this, under 41 and a half. Here's the rationale. The teams know each other exceptionally well. And they understand that limited offenses, offenses that are not multiple, they can't run and pass. They can't pass to all parts of the field. They know how to stop them. That's what the Patriots do best. And each of these teams are that, what they can stop. So it's the perfect storm of knowing each other, probably being a little scared of each other, especially scared of Belichick because he knows you. And that's why if I had to like decide, I'd lean New England because I believe whenever you have a genius that knows you and you know the genius, the genius has an edge. And I think that Miami and Flores is a good coach. He's not a genius. At least he hasn't proven it yet. So I lean New England. I have a... B best bet, second best bet, under. And I joined you. I'm on New England here. Miami's offense really injured. Top three running backs are out. Top three receivers are injured. I don't know if Parker or Gusecki is going to play. Number two wide receivers out. The genius is going to be at advantage here against Tua, who doesn't have his weapons like New England. So remember, Jonas, is receivers out. That warrants mention. But <laughs> cornerbacks out. Ah. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Haskins gets the start for Washington. They are hosting the Seahawks, but it's Seattle, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that Haskins' history is the key here. And that history is... A lot of whispers. He doesn't work very hard. And what was the scenario that he was going to see the field again once he was benched? The fact that they even put in Alex Smith to start with, who has been amazing, and let's give him a ton of credit. But at the time, it looked like they put in anybody, Lucas even, before. <laughs> he wasn't a quarterback, but still. <laughs> before they wanted to go back to Haskins. Now they have no choice. And you don't think the team knows that? And I know they're winning, and I know they're in the playoff uh, lead, really, in the East, but uh, NFC East. But I believe, in general, Haskins is a bigger downgrade because of how much disdain the team or the organization seems to have for him and his inclination in that spot to probably not stay ready. And if you look at him playing the handful of plays he did, he looked horrible. I cannot bet Washington here. The Bears and Vikings are Colin Cowherd's pick number six. That'll be coming up here later on in the show. From there, we go to Baltimore where the Ravens are hosting the Jaguars. Baltimore, a 13-point favorite on pregame.com. One thing we know about the Harbaugh's is they are bullies. Now, are they bullies in real life? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. I would guess yes. I don't know for sure. But I'm telling you on the field they are. And what do bullies do? They like to rub it in. They like to run it up. And we had a run last year with the Ravens that I don't remember ever seeing before. The ATS margin, how much they were running it up against inferior competition, was historic. And you know what? They haven't had an opportunity to do that for a while. And because they haven't had that opportunity, I would be very scared to go against Jacks or go against the Ravens. I don't think the Jags are any good, but, you know... It, it, Part of me feels like they've been playing better, so I'm tempted. I always want the big points, 
but not against a bully. I cannot play Jacksonville. I'm going to take a shot with Jacksonville in the 13 is, here. Is this, is, is this your seventh pick? Is this your worst one? <laughs> this, this was my sixth pick, actually. And it's all about the fact that Baltimore, this is their third straight short week. So they had to play on a Wednesday, then a Tuesday, then a Monday, now a Sunday. At some point, RJ, with this lack of prep time and the energy level of a team, I just don't know if they're going to have the energy to cover a 13. I'm on Jacksonville. So, Jonas, we've got the Sunday night game left. And a couple more. Why don't we see what's trending and then we'll finish it up. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 